time in your word. Your word is alive and it is fresh. It is there to equip us and to enlighten us to what the Father is doing for such a time as this that he has ordained for us to live therein. We have nothing to fear but to simply put our trust and our faith in him who has created the heavens and the earth knows both the beginning, the middle, and the end. He knows all the days he's appointed for us to live upon this earth. And when the appointed time when we come to know him as our redeemer and savior through his son, Yeshua, this has all been ordained by God. Even for you to be here today, it's ordained by God. Because I tell you what, we are to walk in God's provision. To hear the voice of the Spirit, that is the rock, as never before. Because God's going to call upon us to do things, to step out of what is comfortable. To go and proclaim his word for such a time as this. Because we don't know what hour that our Lord and Redeemer is going to appear in the clouds for us. We're to be busy about the Father's business. Did not Yeshua say that anyone that places their hand on the, to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom? So that is to be our perspective. Hearing what the Spirit of the living God is saying, there's a lot of false prophets, there's a lot of false apostles out there, people that want to lead you astray, but we're to walk by the word of God, to know the Ruach, the Spirit's voice, that inner voice. It's, that's the beauty of being a believer. As we grow and develop in Messiah Yeshua, we hear the voice of the Spirit. And Yeshua said, that's the one I sent you, the great comforter, who shall what? Who shall lead you into all truth. There's a lot of truths going on out there right now. We're to be based in God's word. He's given us both the prophets and the apostles of this written word to be established in our hearts and minds so that no matter what we face in our lives, we can truly spend time meditating on God's word. And you know what? Who's faithful and true? But the spirit, because it says this, that on that time and hour that you need, what words even to share, he will fill our mouths with the appropriate words. And then we were able to proclaim God's word. Now let us now turn to the book of Acts. Chapter 22, Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, the Shalakim, the called out ones. To God be all glory and honor and praise in Yeshua's name. Here we see our brother, Rav Shaul, who's now standing before both Jewish believers and non-believers. And I have to specify this. The non-Jewish believers are there that have not received Yeshua as their Messiah. This has nothing to do with Judaism. This has with recognizing who the Redeemer is, the promised one. Did not Moses say to the God's people after he gave them the Torah on Mount Sinai that one God is going to rise up from among you, someone like me, a prophet, and you are to not only hear his words, but to obey them. Let us begin here in uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 1. And so now here's a person 
that is now standing before. Where is he? He's in the temple courts. What day is this? This is the celebration of Shavuot. What is the history behind that? That is the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Another significance is that was when the Ruach, the Spirit, was poured out upon the assembly, 120 that were in Jerusalem many years earlier. They received the Ruach, the outpouring of the Spirit. They spoke in different languages. They were then anointed and sent forth to proclaim the kingdom of God. Let's begin in verse 1. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. As I make my own defense before you now, when they heard him speaking in Hebrew, they settled down more. So he continued, I'm a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city and trained at the feet of Gamiel in every detail of the Torah of our fathers. I was a zealot for God as all of you are today. I, I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The Kohen Haggadol, the high priest in the whole Sanhedrin, can testify to this. Indeed, after receiving letters from them to their colleagues in Damascus, I was on my way there in order to arrest the ones in that city too and bring them back to Jerusalem to Jerusalem for what for punishment as i was traveling and approaching damascus around noon suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed all around me i fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to me shaul shaul saul saul some translations paul paul why do you keep persecuting me I answered, sir, who are you? I am Yeshua from Nazareth, he said to me, and you are persecuting me. Those who were with me did see the light, but they didn't hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, get up. Go into Damascus, and there you will be told about everything that has been laid out for you to do. That's a direct word from the Lord to him. Are we doing everything? Are we listening to the Lord today? He now wants to lay, down, lay out before us all that he desires for us to do for such a time as this. Continue in verse 11. I've been blinded by the brightness of the light. So my companions led me by the hand into Damascus. A man named Hananiah, an observant follower of the Torah, who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community there, came to me. And he stood by me and he said, Brother Shaul, see again. And at that very moment, I recovered my sight. And I saw him. He said, the God of our fathers determined in advance that you should know his will and see the Zadik, the righteous one, and hear his voice. 
See, Rav Shaul had been blinded. And now he needed confirmation. Because for years he had been persecuting all those who were followers of the way that were proclaiming that this promised Messiah, Yeshua, was the only way, the truth, and the life to come into God's presence. Yeshua who fulfilled all Torah so that we'd be able to approach the Father through his obedience. We must do likewise. So going forward here, verse 15, because you'll be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. See, he's now being appointed to be an individual that goes and testify about this change in his life. I believe this in the depth of my heart. Rav Shaul, like every Jewish male and female, longed to see the Messiah. He came. Was Rav Shaul a contemporary of Yeshua's time? Absolutely. But there was a blinder before his eyes. And he's speaking in verse chap- chapter 22, verse 1. He's speaking to these as brothers, as a zealot. That's once where he was because there was a blinder before his eyes. All of us, no matter what background we come from, there were blinders, there were veils before our eyes until God, by the power of his spirit, in a very unique way, revealed who Yeshua, Jesus is. And what happens? We get convicted in our hearts of God's love and grace and mercy. And we're given opportunity to use our own free will to choose that day or to deny what Yeshua has done in our lives. Going forward here, verse 16. So now, what are you waiting for? Get up and immerse yourself and have your sins washed away as you call upon whose name? the very individual that he had received letters from the high priest in Jerusalem to go and arrest anyone outside the land of Israel in the city of Damascus, which is where in present-day Syria. That this, in that name, that he was to call upon his name, the name of Yeshua. He was to go under what? The immersion. That is a, a... a truth that any time when a Jewish male would come traveling from outside the city of Jerusalem at the appointed feast of the Lord, they were to go through what? The mikvah, the waters of immersion. So they would be cleansed from their old ways. This was an act that we see that, that John the Baptist called the people of Israel into repentance. And he was preaching at the Jordan River. And they would go through what? Through teshuva, which is what? An act of repentance. Once the veil is removed from our eyes, we see God for who he is. We see his son. And we're cut to our hearts just like Isaiah was cut when the Lord revealed to him who God was. He said, I'm a man that's undone, a man of unclean lips. And the Lord appointed an angel to go from the literal altar 
fire in the heavens and take a coal and place it upon Isaiah's lips and then his lips were cleansed. Let's go forward here. Verse 16, so now what are you waiting for? Get up, immerse yourself. I've always saw that word is very, very interesting. See, Hananiah is not putting him under the waters. Rav Shaul that knows that this is part of our tradition, part of our Jewish heritage, that we're to immerse ourselves in water, to be cleansed, to even go up, to, to make aliyah, to walk up the steps towards the temple, to enter the t- temple courts, to then bring a true worship to the God King and Lord of Lords. Get up, immerse yourself, and have your sins washed away as you call upon his name. What did Yeshua say? No other name. That anyone, Jew or Gentile, is to be saved. It is a name that is above all kings, all authorities. And one day, all the people on this earth that die that will be assembled before the Lord in the heavens. And it says that in that day that every knee shall what? Shall bow and every lip will confess that he's Lord. But you know, at that time, it's going to be too late after the great tribulation. For today is the day of salvation. And that day for Rav Shaul, he could have said, well, thank you, Hananiah, for touching and healing me, but I will not immerse myself. I will not, I will not call upon that name. See, he had to set aside his own free will. We as growing, as developing, as believers in Messiah, there are traditions that we learn. But are these traditions biblical? Do they lift up the Lord? Do they give him glory and honor? And this is what the Lord was working out in Rav Shaul's life for the next 30-some years. Verse 17, After I returned to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, it happened that I was praying in the temple. Wait a second. I thought he converted to Christianity, Rabbi Frank, and he left Judaism. No, he did not. He continued as a Jew. For a Jew to receive Messiah, there's no converting going on. Because it is to the Jewish people that the Messiah was to come through. Did not God say through Abraham's seed? Would come one who would bring salvation unto the world? Absolutely. Did he not also promise that to all our mothers, who is one mother, who is Eve, Hava, that from her seed would arise the one who would what? With his heel bruise Hasatan, our true adversary's head. This is all promised in the scripture. Let's go forward. Verse 17, after I'd returned to Jerusalem, it happened that while I was praying in the temple, I went into a trance. Okay, there are people today that buy drugs and they go into a trance. But what was Rav Shaul doing there? He was simply praying, speaking to God and listening to God. And he went into a trance. It was not of his own doing. It was the spirit of the living God that brought this trance upon him. Let's hear his next words. And I saw what? I saw Yeshua. This is the time after when that great light shined upon him on the way to Damascus. So he saw Yeshua 
at that point, and now he recognizes them, and he's saying this to them, I saw Yeshua, but you know those who are listening to him? They're saying, wait a second, Yeshua is dead, but, but, but his disciples came and stole his body. How could you see him? That's what's going through their minds. And I saw Yeshua, hurry, he said to me. Now, does the dead speak? No. So he's now proclaiming to them, undeniable, that Yeshua has raised from the dead. Verse 18, yet again. And I saw Yeshua, hurry, said to me, get out of Yerushalayim immediately because they will not accept what you have to say about me. Going on to verse 19. I said, Lord. Now this is a great significance here. Because when you think about this, he's now calling Yeshua Adonai. He's calling him Lord. He's recognizing him for who he is. This one former persecutor that would gnash his own teeth and become very, very angry at the, even the mention of Yeshua. He's now acknowledging him as Lord. This is a great transformation in his life. And I said, Lord, they know themselves that in every synagogue, I used to imprison and flog those who trusted in you. Also, that when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I was standing there too in full agreement. I was even looking after their clothes of the ones who were killing him. Now we have to step back here for a second. Who's he addressing? Myriads upon myriads of Jewish men who have a veil before their eyes, who are zealot for Torah. He's identifying them with them and saying, this is what's happened to me. And you have an opportunity here. Also, there are those disciples. There's Yaakov, Jacob, he's there. And other believers are there in these temple courts and they're praying and they're interceding and they're watching as God's word is being proclaimed. This is nothing that Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul, has rehearsed. Going on to verse 21. But he said, get going. If I'm going to send you far away to where? To the Gentiles. Now he's bringing confirmation to the very thing that he went. And what he did was by the Lord himself. It wasn't his own idea that just simply sprung into his mind, but he was ordained in order by the Lord to do this. He's telling them why he went back to that region, which is modern-day Turkey, and started these new congregations, these messianic uh, communities of both Jews and Gentiles to be one in Messiah. So going forward here, they had been listening to him up to this point, but now they shouted at the top of their lungs, rid the earth of such a man, for he is not fit to live. They were screaming and waving their clothes and throwing dust in the air. Think back to Acts chapter 9. And Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 8, where this very thing was a thing that Rav Shaul, was heart was bent on. So Rav Shaul is looking at them with compassion and saying to them, just as you are now, so was I before. 
Continuing here. Verse 24. So the commander ordered him to be brought back in the barracks and directed that he should be interrogated and whipped in order to find out why they were yelling at him like this. But as they were stretching him out with the thongs to be flogged, Shaul said to the captain standing by, Is it legal for you to whip a man who is a Roman citizen and hasn't even had a trial? When the captain heard that, he went and reported it to the commander. Do you realize what, what you were doing? This man is a Roman citizen. The commander came and said to Shaul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, he said. The commander replied, I bought this citizenship for a sizable sum of money. Now I'd like to contrast that with this. We have a citizenship in heaven that cost us nothing because the one that provided it for us is Yeshua. And by him laying down his life, dying upon the tree for our sins and perching us with by his precious blood, he became our atonement so that we could be one with God the Father. Are we not like Father Abraham? Are we not sojourners on this earth? They're looking for a city that is built by the literal hands of God. So our citizenship is no longer on this earth, but our true citizenship is in heaven. And we long to go there. Let's continue here. Just a comparison and you notice here that that commander, he bought it. He probably spent a, a pricely sum. Verse 28, the commander replied, I bought this citizenship for a sizable sum of money. But Rav Shul says, but I was born into it, Shaul said. Just as your citizenship in heaven, you must be what? You must be born again. Let's continue here. At once the men who had been about to interrogate him drew back from him. And the commander was afraid too because he realized that he had put this man who was a Roman citizen in change. However, the next day, since he wanted to know the specific charge of the Judeans, that is the leadership, were bringing against him, he pressed him and ordered the head coining and the whole Sanhedrin to meet. Then he brought Shaul down and put him in front of them. So very, very soon that trial is going to begin. But so now let us dig a little bit deeper. Let us now look at, at chapter 22, verse 5. The Kohen Haggadol, the high priest and the whole Sanhedrin, can testify to this, that what, that he, anyone that follows of the way, in verse 4, Rav Shaul resting both men and women and throwing them into prison. And he was on the way there after receiving letters from the high priest in Jerusalem to bring to the colleagues in Damascus. And I was on my way there to, in order to arrest the ones 
in that city and to bring them back to Jerusalem to be punished. Now let us now look a little bit closer to Rav Shaul's time of accepting Yeshua as his Messiah. See, Jewish people have to be born again also. Yeshua, when he got together with that one priest that met him at night, he said, you must be what? You must be born again. And what did that gentleman say to him? He said to him these words, am I then to go and enter into my mother's womb again to be born again? He said, no, this is of the spirit. And you being a spiritual leader of the house of Israel should know these things. Later that man gave his life to Messiah. So let us look at Acts chapter 9 verse 3. And I'll start in verse 1 as it gives a little bit more background. Meanwhile, Shaul was breathing murderous threats against the Lord's Talmudim, that is, the uh, disciples. And he went to the Kohen Haggadol, the high priest, and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, authorizing him to arrest any of the people that he might find, whether men or women, who belonged to the way, and bring them back to Jerusalem. See, this confirms what we've already read and what Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, proclaimed in Acts chapter 22, going on in verse 3. And he was on the road nearing Damascus, when suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. Falling to the ground, he heard the voice saying to him, Shaul, Shaul, why do you keep persecuting me? Sir, who are you? He asked. I am Yeshua, and you are persecuting me. Is that not word for word for part of the the scripture that is recorded in, in Acts chapter 22? Absolutely. That's what we're supposed to do is confirm God's word, to search the word so we'll know whether it is true or not. Going on in verse 6 of Acts chapter 9. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you have to do. Notice this came directly from Yeshua. Remember Hananiah's words to him? He told him that he would be told what to do. This was confirming later in, in Hananiah's words that, that Rav Shul would receive what he was to do. Going forward here, verse 7. The men traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. They helped Shaul, Saul, get up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. For three days he remained unable to see. Neither did he eat or drink. <clears throat> and with that, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul, he did not give all those details about the three days, did he not? See, there are times when God wants us to what? To concite, to close down our testimony. Because there are certain words that certain people hear that the Spirit, as he's directing us to speak, he may have us hold some words back and then emphasize certain things. So let's go forward here. Verse 10. There was a Talmud, that is a disciple in Damascus, named what? Hananiah by name. And in a vision, the Lord said to him, see, Rav Shul talked about the trance that he received while he was in Jerusalem. 
And he also spoke about other things, but he did not give all the details about Hananiah because this was what's going to happen. These men who came against Rav Shaul then, I'm sure they would have sent a letter to Hananiah, who they all knew, because he was a prominent Jew, a Torah-observant Jew that lived in Damascus. Why? Because they wanted to what? Discredit Rav Shaul. And so then they would hear from uh, from Hananiah's own testimony. So going forward here, there was a Talmud, that is a disciple from Damascus, Hananiah by name. And in a vision, the Lord said to him, notice this, this is revealing that both Rav Shaul and Hananiah could receive God speaking to them through a trance or through a vision. Let's go forward here. The Lord said to him, Hananiah, he said, here am, here am I, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the straight street, to Yehuda's house, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Shaul, for he is praying, and in a vision, he has seen a man named Hananiah coming in and placing his hands on him to restore his sight. See, this was given to Hananiah. But Rav Shaul was in a place of fasting and prayer, not eating or drinking. But God was preparing for Hananiah to come. And that God, through Yeshua, gave this to Rav Shaul, that someone named who? Hananiah would come. And they would lay their hands upon you. And that, that his sight would be restored. And so all of a sudden, when Hananiah came, and stood right next to him. See, Rav Shul is not fighting this. But he's submitting. He's obeying. Let's continue here in verse 13. But Hananiah answered, Lord, many have told me about this man. How much harm he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And here he has a warrant from the head koinim to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. See, Hananiah was placed in a position here where he had to step out of his comfort zone, even to the point of being arrested and to be punished, even to the point of death. Verse 15, But the Lord said to him, Go, because this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name to what? The nations, even to their kings and the sons of Israel as well. For I myself will show him how much he will have to suffer on account of my name. So Hananiah left and went into the house, placing his hands upon him and said, Brother Shaul, almost word for word from Acts chapter 22, is it not? Shaul, the Lord, Yeshua, the one who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. How did he have this this, this uh, inner information, the spirit of living God gave it to him. Going forward here. The Yeshua, the one who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be what? Filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. Just as we have been filled with the spirit of the living God. And in that moment, something like scales fell from Shaul's eyes, 
and he could see again. And he got up and he was immersed. Then he ate some food and regained his strength. Shaul spent some days with the Talmudim, the disciples in Damascus. So we see here where scripture upon scripture confirms itself. And we can rest to know in this day and age, no matter what you're facing, and we're going to end on this right now, no matter what we face in our life, God can speak to us through trances, as is revealed in the scripture. But notice, this trance was entered by what? By the power of God. It wasn't drug-aided. And this vision that Hananiah received, he was in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him. See, this is where biblical precedence of how God speaks to his people even today. So we can know God's word. And for the times that we're living today, the Lord may allow a trance to come. And I don't seek trances. I don't seek visions. I do not seek dreams. I seek the word of God that confirms itself in everything that we do. Because there will be times I truly believe in these latter days that God's going to call you out of your comfort zone as never before. And he's going to say, speak. And, he's, and a lot of times he doesn't tell you what he's going to have you say. And with the same faithfulness, go arise, go here, go there, go do these things. That's how people who are being led by the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God, are to live. And for us to walk in the presence of the Lord, having that relationship, we need to spend time in his presence and have nothing hidden from God. We're to be as an open letter before the Lord so that we can be equipped to do what is pleasing in the Father's sight. To God be all praise and glory and honor. In Yeshua's name.